Hi. Woo. Hello. It feels good to be back and virtual, actually. <laughs> I don't know why. It just does. Like somehow. Yeah, we just got used to it, right? I guess so. Hello. And welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, where Chris and I aren't really with it because it's so fucking hot. I'm done with this. This heat is awful. And this is only on like a global temperature rise of like 1.5 degrees. Once we go up to two, oh my God, I think I will melt. You know in Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they open <laughs> the Ark at the end, he looks in it and his face just like, yeah, melts off. That's, that's a that's Nazi, me. right? Yeah, it's a Nazi. I'm a Nazi is what I'm actually saying. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. How are you, Chris? I'm warm. Other than that, I'm fine. Thank oh, you very much. <laughs> it's fucking horrifying. At least it wasn't this warm when we met, right? I mean, that was quite nice, but it yeah. wasn't like this. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I think tomorrow we'll be having a thunderstorm. <laughs> so, yeah. So how is life in, well, how is life in Berlin? You haven't been affected by the uh, explosions on the other side of the city then? It's that a sorry? <laughs> that are happening right now at the time of recording. What kind of explosions? Well, um, they in, in Grunewald, yeah, or whatever. They have a um, a area where they collect all of the unexploded World War Two military stuff. Oh, and there was a fire there, and some of them started exploding, and they're still exploding. <laughs> and uh, this is rather dangerous. Um, luckily, it's in the middle of a forest, so no one cares. But at the same time, it started a forest fire, so mm. people are beginning to question. Why the hell did you build this in a forest? This seems like a really dumb idea. Why didn't you put it underground encased in concrete? Yeah. How do you know about that and I don't? Because I read the news. You know this. I'm addicted to this crap. But you're in Sweden. Why yeah, it's, on B- it's, on BBC, it's on the BBC World News. All oh, right. Like, okay. On the homepage. Wow. Okay. I haven't checked the news in like... I think just 24 hours. Man, what else am I missing? (laughs) (laughs) But you haven't been checking in the last 24 hours because you've been messing around with a tape delay, which we're going to talk about later, (laughs) which which is wonderful. But before we jump into tape delay and a bit of music we've been listening to, this week's episode is going to be a bit odd because we're going to kind of shoehorn a feature from another episode into it Uh. to make a complete episode. (laughs) Um, Because as we'll get into now, when Chris and I met, the episode we recorded was weird. It it was strange. It was like we lost our mojo. We just kind of met up and then we were like, well, I don't know how to do this anymore. (laughs) Like, this is really weird. But we think we have an explanation because what happened to you, Chris? I finally got COVID. (laughs) Yay! Part of the system now. I'm part of a statistic. (laughs) <laughs> and how are you feeling now? I'm feeling better. Thank you very much. Uh, first three days after it started were really weird because I was super dizzy and I couldn't stand up, but I also couldn't lay down because my skin felt burned. And that was, that was really weird. <laughs> and then after like three days, it turned into a regular old heavy cold. And it took me about one and a half weeks to finally be negative again. Oof. And that was that. <laughs> and it was weird because when we met up, we had quite a lot to drink on the Friday because 
you know, we do. And I had a lovely time in Berlin and Chris was a wonderful host. But Saturday, you really weren't with it. There was yeah. just something like off. That I don't, you just seemed a bit bleh. Yeah, like, yeah. And it got and worse, I, like until I think almost up to evening, right? But you walked 21 kilometers while probably carrying an active COVID infection. Yeah. Which is pretty <laughs> incredible. <so. laughs> was the Indian food that kept me alive. <laughs> yeah. Which was great. It's so bizarre because no one else got it. Just you and your girlfriend. Yeah. So. But she got it like three days after me. Like I tested positive on Monday and she tested positive on Thursday. So I'm still not sure from where I got it. It could either been have been the gym where regularly or a random ass store where I bought stuff for your visit. No clue. But it was very strange. And so because the next day, now we know why Chris wasn't really with it. Because I was like, man, are you hung over? Like, what is it? Like, because yeah. <laughs> you were a bit off. And I was like, oh, I think he's fine. Um, but now we know he wasn't fine. And that's why. So we record an episode and the only bit we really got through in any good quality is we replicated the sound of the Black Keys, the guitar, and uh, Nirvana. Um, yeah. Come as you are. So that will be shoehorned in later on as part of the feature where Chris tries to match the sounds of things. And I think you did a really good job, actually. Well, you helped with the Black Keys thing. Yeah, that one was a cool one, though, because it was a mix of sort of uh, digital effects and analog ones, too. Oh, right. We added the, the uh, EHX one. Because it was much better once we did. And the uh, Big Muff, the actual Big Muff, was mm -hmm. much better than the other one. So um, that that worked pretty well. And then the Nirvana one wasn't too difficult to, to do. Yeah, but, Kurt sucks. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and your next challenge is to make hair metal solo. So lots and lots of drive yeah. and reverb All and delay. Game. All the gain. <laughs> So, but that one shouldn't be too tough. But should I, was I supposed to have that finished by tonight? I don't think you were supposed to because you have an excuse in that you had COVID. Yeah, so I think you're fine. It's already a week ago again. But it's fine. It's oh. fine. Also, you've got a new toy to demonstrate. So instead, so yes. uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. What have you been listening to music-wise? Uh, I cannot add anything to that conversation this week. I haven't been listening to any new stuff, any old, so just whatever was on the radio. So, uh, yeah, you take, you take it from me. <laughs> I will take it from here. I have been listening to a lot of a band called The Staves. They're a, I think they're a trio. I'm going to have to Google this to check now. Those are the three ladies that you sent me today. It's the three ladies I sent yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you that much. I sent you three ladies. <laughs> uh, yeah, the three ladies. Uh, Staves, they're a trio. Yeah, sisters. I knew that. Emily, Jessica, and Camilla. And they're a British uh, folk trio, actually, from Watford in England. And I just really like the way they harmonize together and stuff. I think their music gets a little samey after a while. Um, it's all this sort of very stripped back folk sort of stuff that I would write or perform, which is very good, but it does get a bit samey. Um, but it's still got this sort of Boniver kind of vibe to it, which I like a lot. Um, their last album came out in 2021 called Good Woman. And there were a couple of songs on there that I really liked. I sent you one today. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a lovely song. Really, really lovely. And just the way their voices 
harmonize is, is brilliant. It's really, really good. So um, I liked that album a lot. I've been listening to that a lot recently. And um, it's it did pretty well. I mean, I think it got to like the top 10 even in the UK, which is crazy, considering the ones before that didn't chart. So yeah. that's pretty that's pretty cool. Something else we're listening to is the Jayhawks. Do you know them? Never heard of them. American alternative country rock band. They've been around since the 80s. I've never even heard of them. 1984. And they've broken up a few times here and there. And it seems like there's only one solid member. But uh, really decent stuff. Uh, They're sort of a precursor to the band Wilco, who I've talked about a few Mm -hmm. times. And um, some very sort of similar things. Uh, Country rock music with... A little bit of experimentation here and there. Uh, Listen to the songs Tailspin, Stumbling Through the Dark, You Look So Young. I think they were 20, yes, they're quite old ones, so like 20 or so years old. And then they took a hiatus for a long time. So um, I'm not really sure on where the discography is at now, but been going through bits and pieces of them and they've been very good and I've enjoyed listening to them very much. So now is the part for the weird shoehorn bit. This is what happened when Chris and I met and Chris had COVID, which I never ended up getting, which is <laughs> astonishing. Although I've had it twice and been jabbed three times. So maybe I'm fine um, for now. And uh, this is what happened when we met, when we tried to replicate the sounds of the Black Keys, who we briefly mentioned a second ago, and uh, Kurt Cobain uh, in uh, Come As You Are. So I set Chris a challenge. Well, Chris came up, you came up with the idea. Because now you've got the helix and a bunch of different pedals. The idea was was that Chris said, set me a challenge, basically, to find guitar sounds that you want. And we won't do it every episode, but every so often, just to, one, showcase how fucking good the helix is, mm-hmm. part one. Uh, line six, if you want to like sponsor us or give us free shit, please do. Um, that would be great. I already gave you a thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Some payback, man. Cashback. Um, and that was partly it. And also just to 
set you a bit of a challenge, really. Yes. So the first two I picked for you were Nirvana, particularly the Come As You Are intro, which I thought was an easy one to start off with. Yeah. Not too difficult. And then one that is a bit more difficult, uh, the Black Keys, especially the sound from the track Gold on the Ceiling, although it's the same in Lonely Boy as well, the same sound. It's a cool song. I didn't know before. And it's, uh, as we discovered, quite a hard one to get, actually. Um, yeah, and you would pay shitloads of money to rebuild it, like, rebuild the actual setup. <laughs> well, we watched a YouTube video from uh, Anderton's. I think most people who listen to this probably understand Anderton's music, but really, really cool uh, YouTube channel, regardless of the fact that their store's also really cool, but um, worth checking out. And they do these sort of rigs, but on a budget. But yeah. even then, they spent, uh, what did he say, £1,500 or something? Yeah, I think that's their limit in each, every, each episode. Which is still way too much money for most people, just to get this sound. So it's um, not one to replicate easily or cheaply, but I think you've done a pretty good job. First song in this challenge, uh, or one of the songs in the, in the two, we'll do the Nirvana one last, because that's a bit more straightforward, I guess. Let's do this one first, because we've got all the stuff set up. The first song I set, Chris, was Gold on the Ceiling by the Black Keys, specifically the sort of pre-chorus riff and solo. So there, we heard that. I think we had a rough idea instantly. What's there? Yeah. Some bits and pieces. What stood out straight away? What did you first think when you first heard it? Like what, what sort of effects are in there? The octave and the fuzz. But like, balancing them was hard. We had yeah. To actually... I, th I think we're still not sure if that was a, an overdub or... I think it might have been. I, or yeah, it might because there's also this lovely bass like fatness to it yeah, that you yeah. just struggle to get. Yeah, but, I mean, with every sound we're like trying to rebuild, there's always the production side behind it, like added reverb and overdubs and, and like a second guitar here and there, yeah. and the bass below it. So like rebuilding the actual album sound is most of the time like close to impossible. Yeah, yeah. But I think you gave it a good try. So what 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 have we done? So we watched the Anderton's music video as well to give us a bit of help, actually. Yeah, and just we just threw stuff into the preset chain <laughs> while watching it. So we have at first, of course, the guitar. Uh, then there is a boost uh, from the um, the Klon pedal, the Minotaur. It's the Helix version. Uh, it's a delay, but we don't use that. That's off. But it would be tape delay. Then there's the Big Muff. 
which is called triangle fuzz. Which was pretty easy to identify straight away. Yeah. Like, oh, he's definitely using a fuzz pedal for sure. And it's all like uh, 12 o'clock center. And then an overdrive after the fuzz. And I actually gave it like, I think, like the last bit of the sound. When you said like, we should add another overdrive, like that was, yeah, okay. Now it sounds more right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then there's a, pitch shift oh we don't use it oh see we actually use the analog octave we're down using in an front. active pedal for this instead of like through the helix right? yeah yeah, yeah. the uh, electromonics octave multiplexer an octave down which felt very much better than the digital pitch shifting the digital unit. one sounded a bit spaceshipy yeah like not not really quite right somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. so chris went to his cabinet of wonder of wonder <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And uh, his addiction cabinet, because it really is, um, and ripped out a pedal. So um, this is what we've got. So we've actually not cheated, but we have combined. It's not all through the Helix. We've done this. Yeah, but we could. Like we At first we did, but then we decided we wanted to make it even better. Uh, last thing is the amp, which is an emulation of the good old Vox AC30, which is called SXA30 on the Helix. And the Vox is something that they used on the Andertons thing as well. And then we had to go to a crit board and look at what he's playing. So obviously it doesn't sound quite right. We're also using a completely different guitar. We yeah, actually set this up. Well, yeah, we set this up on the telly, not on the PRS. But um, and he plays a um, a Gibson normally or something. So it you is. Could go a bit for different. passive hamburgers if you like. No, we can fetch that. We can give it a try. love it when he does that this is the kind of so this is closest we got just this like riff of like that and chris was playing it on what are we on fifth and seventh in this because this is detuned so it would be third and fifth i think but and i was kind of like ah i was playing it up here somewhere and i was like "Ah, it doesn't quite sound right it sounds like too thin and i think you nailed it down here but it wasn't even by design it was just where i landed yeah, and first off, I also thought he was playing like power chords with it. All. But we quickly realized he's not. Like, that's way too. Can you play it one octave even higher? Right there, I mean. Up there. Mm, that doesn't sound right, though. No. Yeah. So I think the, like, the, the, the highest octave they can hear in a song, that must have been like a double track, right? Must have been. Yeah. That's good though. That yeah. sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> but then we realized he's also just playing single notes. He's not doing double, he's not doing power chords or anything actually. It's just like. Whatever. So yeah, so, so when we take the octave pedal off, it sounds pretty empty. It's still good. Oh, fine. <laughs> My guitar playing is terrible, as you can tell. It's not. It is really bad. Chris needs to do it. But I think we've got pretty close. Yeah. Do you have anything with humbuckers, though? Like passive? I have, yeah. Let's try that. Let's try that. Actually, that sounds better. Why is this string? The intonation's all out. Yeah, like I said, I didn't use anything in years. Yeah, it's like all out. Anyway, 
that's what we got. Let's try again. Lonely Boy can be played like that as well. Would you like to go for the Nirvana one next? I just noticed. Let's do the Nirvana one next. But otherwise... I seem I th- to have uh, saved the preset. Otherwise, I think you got pretty close on that one. Well done. We did, yeah. It took a, quite a lot of time to get there, but we got there. Oh, wow. This is pretty good already. <laughs> Where, how is he, what's the riff even? I can't remember anymore. Uh, it starts on a low E string. Oh, is it? It's. Uh, I haven't played that Nirvana riff for a long it's time. It's actually tuned down the original recording. I think it's half half step. That's it, right? That's pretty close. That's cool, right? That is pretty close. <laughs> The hardest part about that one was actually to, like, I've used multiple equalizers on there to sculpt the sound. Mm. Because it's mm. so, the recording is actually a stereo recording, so there's reverb and a stereo chorus on there, I think. Uh, and yeah, it has some weird cuts. Like, what is he using? Is it a Jaguar? Jaguar, Jaguar yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I do not have that. And the original is also, yeah, step down. This is one step too high, but still. I think I have, um, I can send you the clip. The, the, the one I recorded, I think I recorded in an original tuning and stuff. Mm. So if you like, I can send you that. Uh, so we have a chorus in here. Like this has all been done on the Helix. Uh, I could have used the original chorus pedal, but I did not. So we have a chorus with pretty, pretty high depth setting mm. and quite fast speed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so pretty wobbly. Uh, then there's an equalizer with some cuts around 750. Because it's almost got this like Leslie-ish sound mm-hmm. to it. Like it's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm. And there's the amp, which is a deluxe vibrato. I think it's a Fender amp. Yeah, I looked it up. He played Fender amps uh-huh. for that album. And then there's another equalizer. Cutting some highs and uh, some lows that we don't need. And then there's a bit of reverb on there. Room reverb. So there and we it go. Sounds pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty great. close. <laughs> it's such a boring song to play, by the way. It's just two chords, I think, the whole way through. Oh, there we go. No one said Kurt Cobain was a genius. Actually, everyone did. Um, so I'm wrong. <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> you did good. Thank you. So did you oh, with playing. Oh, fuck off. I didn't. No, don't, because don't be you nasty. have to play it right. Don't be nasty. No, um, no. Don't be horrible. I'll play the piano later. That, that's much more my, my game. <laughs> not, not, not guitar. But What should we set you next? What's hmm. your next task? It sounds like like Taskmaster or something. Is that a superhero villain? Taskmaster? Taskmaster is a TV show that everyone should check out. It's really cool. Right. I might even have a German version. But I doubt they call it Taskmaster. I sounds don't a, watch sounds a bit, TV. Sounds a bit Third Reich-ish. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> the Taskmaster. When we were at the uh, Dive or Dive concert, like the first dude who played, the first opener act, he was like a dude who with the piano and some super artsy-fartsy shit and stuff. And his last song was basically just orchestral samples and a weird piano. And then he started to scream and shout and stuff and was very... Yeah, whatever. Like, he was a real artist. And (laughs) the the last line of his song was something about concentration camps. And you just know, like, every German in the crowd just went like, whoop, that's uncomfortable. Whatever he was saying, but (laughs) felt really weird. I remember, speaking of weird sounds and artists, we could end on this, because we're done with this episode now, actually. But I'm going to set you a challenge of, of what guitar sound we should make in a minute. But while you're on the subject of weird sounds and it being real art, the weirdest performance I've ever seen still was at an open mic in Copenhagen at a place called Café Cadeau. I don't think it's there anymore. Anyway, and um, a woman got up to play the piano. She was playing very nice, just sort of, you know, chords, very sustained, heavy, really nice, this ambient sort of feel, this upright. And then she started wailing and screaming. Oh, like Yoko Ono. Yeah, and it was just like weird. And then she'd go like, oh, And apparently it was to imitate a mermaid giving birth. That's what I thought. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it remains the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But where did she get, like, the... How did she know how that sounds? I have no clue. <laughs> but apparently this is what a mermaid giving birth sounds like. Weirdest thing. <laughs> I'm going to get you to emulate a guitar sound. Right, let's do... I want something next time very hair metal. Oh, right. Extremely, like, overdriven, very, very long delay. Or so Van Halen eruption. Van Halen, yeah, like 80s hair metal guitar solo. Nice. Where it sounds like you're playing in an arena cool. kind of thing. And I want you to dress up at the same time with <laughs> spandex. <laughs> and Get my leotard. Grow your hair back again. Get it all long and curly. Perm it a bit. Oh, yeah, like Steel Panther. Like. Yeah, but something, yeah, something, you know, cliche, almost jokey, yeah. arena rock guitar-led sound. I like You've probably got like 27 effects pedals and stuff like that. Just overdrives. Just overdrives, <laughs> yeah. And then you overdrive it more. <laughs> and, yeah. Now, I think that should be your next one. Yes, I'll do that. Something really sort of out there. And maybe I can think of something myself as well. Yeah, set yourself one as well. And that was the episode that never was a full episode. <laughs> because you were ill. I was. And it was great. <laughs> no, it wasn't. The thing is, I knew you weren't very well when at one point I asked you to play something on the guitar and you were like, oh, I just don't have the energy. That's something I was like, oh no, you eat, there's something wrong. Like, this isn't, <laughs> no. Like, there's got to be something wrong. And then we still walked all the way to the curry place and back. Yeah. That and was, it was bloody hot. Yeah, the, like the, the way back was... <sighs> But we did it. We totally did, bro. <laughs> so, what, so, you've bought a new gadget. Well, kind of. Okay, um, tell us. Okay, so... Hmm, where do I start? How do I start? It's like it's not like a sad story, but... Um, so basically, I got this from the 60s, a tape uh, echo, a tape machine. Um, 
tape echo machine, uh, which is heavy and old and and cool and crackles and is noisy and everything. And it belonged to a Bulgarian jazz musician who was the grandpa of a good friend of mine from high school. Uh, he used to be a, yeah, like a real touring musician and stuff. And he died a couple of years ago and like my friend's mom, like she, uh, held on to all the equipment of her father because of course, like the emotional attachment and stuff. And you, Mm. you have to like, uh, get used to the fact that that special someone is not uh, there anymore and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I remember actually my friend, um, calling me three years ago that her grandpa died and if I'd be uh, willing to take a look at all the stuff and to see if the, if there's like s- still some value, like actual monetary value to it and, and stuff. Mm. And I didn't uh, hear from her like for a couple of years, apart from meeting up uh, for drinks uh, one time. Uh, but yeah, but I never like uh, bothered to ask because uh, like this stuff, the other person will come to you <laughs> when the time's yeah. right. Yeah. And and so now now the time was right, and they are trying to like not getting rid of it, but to yeah see if if there's still if there are musicians out there or maybe like music schools or clubs that can benefit from some old equipment. So I went through all the stuff uh, that was being kept in the garage and uh, found a couple of cool things. Found some stuff that I will actually give to students of mine and maybe mm. to a club or two because he, I think at one point he was a bassist. Mm-hmm. But at one point, I think he did some, like, not DJing stuff, but he must have been like into uh, like the PA side of things because mm-hmm. there were like uh, a couple of monitors and uh, huge speakers and, and like the this, this, uh, speaker stands, like the large ones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he also had lying around an old tape echo uh, unit, which is like super rare these days and everybody mm-hmm. wants one. Mm-hmm. And it's, like it's not the the most valuable one that you could find that would be a Roland Space Echo, I think. And mm. if you find one of those things <laughs> in a good uh, condition, I think you pay around five thousand bucks for it. And and the one uh, I've got um, now, it's called I think it's a Dynacord. Hang on, Dynacord Echo Cord Mini. And I think you can find these. Like in good working condition for about five to six hundred euros, and sometimes they're being sold for two hundred. Uh, the thing with those things is that they are like because they're so old and they're usually broken or pretty beat up. Um, like it has the, the the front of it is like with a bit of of, of glass and, and and stuff, and it all they this um, this part always cracks first and gets broken, and the, the connections mm. are mm. dusty and. Dude, like even the connections are three pin connectors. Have you seen those for all? No, no. You like actually put like what you would use for MIDI, like five yeah, pin yeah, yeah, and three yeah. pin connectors into there. And then yeah, I like I have now this whole bunch of cables that are XLR on one yeah. end, and then this whole weird three to five pin at the other end, or like a normal six point three jack to this pin thing, and super weird, like. I've never that seen strange. that. Yeah, that's strange. So this would be is this, uh, sorry. Uh, this will be pretty hard to like find new new stuff like uh, to like whenever those old cables break. Um, maybe I have to solder them myself back together, or 
I don't know. Um, so yeah, I'm still figuring out how I can clean it up and make it less noisy because it does have unwanted noise, mm, <laughs> not mm. just the usual tape hiss. I was gonna say not cool tape hiss. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. But when I like when I first got it to work, and you can hear like actually when the tape you can like you can uh, turn the unit on and you can turn the motor on separately. So you can mm. use it like a uh, Roland Echoplex to uh, just use the preamp to fatten up the signal. Just b- well, before we get too geeky, yeah. what we haven't done is explain to people who don't know what is a tape delay oh, right, or a tape right. echo before we get too nerdy. So basically, should I or should you? You go for it. Okay, so... The clue is as- kind of in the name, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, it is basically a, of course, a tape as an a magnetic tape that is being rewritten and erased in real time. Correct? Yes. Yes, exactly. And depending on the speed of the motor, the length of the echo, like the, the, the delay time between each repeat will be either lengthened or shortened. Mm. So you put an instrument in, it records, rewrites, it plays it out in the same time. So what it records, rewrites, and plays out is what you played in. So it delays it or echoes it. Yes. Depending on how fast you make the motor, uh, depends how it goes. You can get this really cool slapback delay, like whoop, 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 really quick if you want. Or you could make it really slow and then goes like, whoop, 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 for ages and sort of oscillates itself. And then you can fiddle around with other parameters like the actual effects level on your mixer and stuff like yeah. that. So. It's a yeah. It's what you hear in songs now. Like think think you two delay, mm-hmm. which they use all the time. But this is done with a tape, and that's basically it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cool thing is actually like if today when you have a digital pedal or an analog pedal, you just turn a knob to shorten yeah. or lengthen the delay time. And with this, like you actually have to pull a slider to the left and the right, and you see the actual machine working in there, like the arm stretching out and stretching the mm. tape and it's so cool and when you start up like if you start up the, the the machine itself but not the motor and then start up the motor you can actually hear it going yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so cool <laughs> i mean i think for us we might be one of the last generations who like pretty much listen to tape every day as kids I, at least yeah, yeah. i did i did uh, so that brings like a lot of good uh, childhood memories uh, to listen to to tape and to to the hiss, of course. Mm. And like the the preamp itself, the machine itself has such a like for for testing. I just we can add the the samples uh, in mm. here that I sent you. I could just put a mono piano through it, which sounds weird by itself because when do you listen to a piano in mono? Mm. But just switching it on and off. The, act, the, the like the dry signal and then the wet signal, just the preamp, gives it such a weird, unique sound. Like it boosts the low mids and the bass frequencies, but not the highs really. But it still saturates them, so it's like it's it's good, but it's weird because you're not used to to that kind of sound. Yeah, you sent me a sample of it, which we'll put in now. By the way. Once you can talk us through those in a second, what you did on both of them. But when you sent it to me, I said it sounds like this song called Children by a guy called Robert Miles. And it was a dance song in like 
Ding, 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 ding. Great know. song, I love it. It's a tune from like the early 90s, I think. Or yeah, mid-90s. I think so. But that's exactly what it sounded like. This kind of like really thin, but somehow not piano sound that was really delayed. It was strange. I don't think it's got applications everywhere, This, yep. this to be honest, but it's a cool gadget to have. But talk us, well, talk us through the two samples you did first. So sample one was just the piano going in, right? Mono piano. Yes, genau. Uh, Here's my German again. Uh, <laughs> um, it was the ascent from Heaviosity that I also used for our challenge uh, in the last episode. And just uh, summed it up to mono, sent it out of my interface straight into the unit and back into the interface. Just with, yeah, I think almost the highest amount, like the longest amount of, of delay between the repeats or pretty, pretty much the, the longest ones, uh, some feedback and that's it. And it just gave it so much character already. Like it's so overused to say, oh, it's such a character, but it, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And then on the second, the second piece, you did something else. Yes, I added a reverb, which I see. I wanted to like text you the other day because I got that re- uh, reverb unit as a nineteen inch, is that right? Yeah, inch nineteen inch rec unit from the eighties, the early eighties, which is called the Elisis MIDI Verb Two. Okay. It's like four versions of the MIDI Verb, and the second one is the one you want. Okay. I get the last one with sixteen bit uh, bit rate and. It, it has just presets, so no parameters at all besides input, output volume, and a mix knob. So you can, wow. like you have, I think, 99 different presets um, from reverbs to delays to flangers to choruses. And you just like type in preset 45 and it's a 10 second reverb with a bit of filtering on it. And that's it. But those presets sound so good. <laughs> and they're like so much better than most of the modern digital plugin shit mm, mm. and putting like for the second example i put the the uh, delayed tape delayed piano again through the reverb unit mm. so putting a 2015 sample piano through a <laughs> 1960 tape machine through a 1983 reverb uh, into a 2020 audio interface. Audio That's interface. kind of fun though, right? Yeah, it's, how, it's totally cool. How cool is that? And I mean, apart from like the, um, the, the piano coming from an actual sample, like this is how people recorded like in the 80s because mm, tape machines mm. weren't like super rare yet everybody Mm. still had them or most studios had them everybody was having digital uh, effects units and and reverbs and because they just got big and affordable Mm. kind of so it's of course like it's super convenient to just do everything in the box as you say like using Mm. plugins and it's so handy and you can pull as put on as many reverbs as you like on Mm. a track but just using the hardware it it does have a different sound like mm, mm. 
if you like that or not, that's like totally dependent on, on your ears and stuff and your expectations of what is, what's sounding good and whatnot. But just the, like the process of rooting everything through everything and getting it to sound right at the source, because you can't erase it later. You can't pull the reverb down again if it's too loud. If, if mm. it's printed, it's mm. printed. <laughs> it's mm. really cool. Like you have to commit to a sound and that's, That's how you used to do it in the olden days. So you're pleased you got it. Yeah, absolutely. It's so cool. I'm I'm looking forward to to using it on the next couple of songs. Uh, and I was going to say, are so. you actually going to use it though? Like, yeah, you know, because it's cool to play with. But are you actually going to use it on a uh, on a song now? I th I definitely will. I I'm actually looking forward to um, pushing my vocals through it because, like, dude, I'm not even kidding. I don't do not have a single plugin that sounds like this tape delay mm, mm. not that they sound bad but they just don't sound like that so it's just mm. a super special flavor that can be used for like the weirdest shit ever mm, just to give mm. things texture so yeah I think I don't think it will be on every song no but I'm gonna make good use of it and uh, like my friend's uh, mom she's like super happy I wrote her today oh yeah I, I was got it gonna to ask you have you told her about it yeah 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 she was super happy because for, for her it was like she of course she can sell everything to a second hand shop or whatever but for her because her father was a musician by heart and she learned the piano when she was a child and For her, it was like the the best uh, outcome would be for musicians to actually still use it and 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 mm. appreciate the, the the stuff and do like I love uh, having owning equipment that uh, have history. Mm. 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 So, yeah, I think his spirit will carry on a bit more, a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yes, and I'm glad you found something else to play with that you haven't. You know, it, it, like you say, it's got a bit of a story behind it. It's not just something you bought to add to a collection. Like, it's actually got a bit of soul in it, which yeah. is nice as well. Absolutely. Well, good for you. Look forward yeah. to hearing it. Actually, yeah, on a yeah. song, though. What yeah. else we got to talk about? Uh, I, have a, I have a show upcoming. I have an upcoming show. Should I talk about that? Go for it. Cool. Where, where, when, where, why, what, who, how, <laughs> why... <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's actually there's a there's a why um we'll, we'll be we'll be playing at at an open air like city festival in a city called Henningsdorf uh -huh, yeah. in Brandenburg and we played there I think 2019 yeah before COVID started um for the Fête de la Musique which is mm, like mm. musicians can play anywhere uh, without payment for people to enjoy. And we played there and they liked us so much that they invited us to this city open air festival. 
mm. like two, two, three years ago, and it never like happened because uh, of COVID and stuff. Yeah. So this year it's finally going to happen, and we'll be playing on the twenty eighth of August, a uh, full show on an actual like super huge uh, stage. It's a fourteen by ten stage, and wow. Yeah, this is going to be really cool. We'll be playing almost one and a half hours uh, in front of, I don't know, thousands of people that will be uh, like running through the city. And there like, are some actually bigger German bands that also play uh, the same stage. Not on su Sunday as we are, but on, on the 26th. So that's Friday. Um, there's a band called Münchner Freiheit, which is like a super huge German, like, stuff my parents used to listen to and and stuff still pretty big names so we're sharing the stage with them wow cool yeah will be pretty exciting and interesting what are we putting on desert island give me a song you like oh man i do like i how long have we been doing this i always know this question's coming and i'm never prepared <laughs> Um, Child in Time, Deep Purple, that's yours. There we go. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> From when you've had a drink uh, on the island. I guess the song I, I started to, like, because I can do the high pitched scream stuff. Uh, I haven't done it in a while, but I can I can actually do the power metal scream stuff and, and shit. And I practice to this song. So. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to put some eagles on there. <laughs> because we mentioned the Eagles and I'm going to stick up for their handful of good songs. Um, oh, let's put one of these nights on there. It's the only groovy one. I like it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Also, you get to see the drummer sing. There's something really cool about seeing the drummer also being the lead vocalist. Yeah, same man. with Genesis. Same with it. I don't know. There's just something cool about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because you're coordinating your hands, your feet, and then your vocals too. And yeah, there's, I don't know. This is something really mesmerizing. About <laughs> Witchcraft. It is a little bit. So he's doing this really groovy drummy. It was really nice. Anyway, and singing at the same time. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is wonderful. <laughs> I've seen the Eagles three times, just so you know, which is uh, rather sad. But there we go. <laughs> You're a dad. You can appreciate dad rock. But it wasn't a dad when I was like 15. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right, Chris, thank you for this. Yes, As thank always. you very much. And we've successfully fleshed out what was the bad episode. <laughs> we'll do better in October. Yeah. The bad. <laughs> when we meet again. We should, we should do actually, it after uh, be, uh, going to the concert. Or maybe before and after. Before and after. Yeah. Well, I like it. On our way to the uh, Before, venue. during and after. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking good. Gavin Harrison's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> noise because it's just distorting <laughs> in the background it's when your wall of death started <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just us like struggling to talk <laughs> I like it it's so good oh that's just broken the headphones yeah <laughs>